Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas. Yes. going to be fun. We're going to go back and review episodes 11 through 20. I think it's fair to say that we like the first 10 better than we like the second 10. That's a very fair assessment. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that really stuck out out of all these episodes. I think that's probably the, one of the most favorite and defining moments of this season. Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, 80s guru, vehicle code name, Frontier. Wyatt B, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle code name, Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, MassCast listeners, to MassCast number 27, where we will be reviewing episodes 11 through 20 in a mini extravaganza as we kind of look back at previous MassCasts and look forward to what we have going on next year in the world of MassCast. My name is Jason. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, the Clark Griswold, to my cousin Eddie. Wyatt, how are you? Once again, you're batting a thousand. (laughs) Merry Christmas, sir. Merry Christmas. Yes, uh, it's getting too close. Uh, We did it last mass cast that uh, I was going a little south almost for Christmas, and that was quite an enjoyable endeavor, if you will. I went to a city called Saipalo. If you look it up on Google, it's S-A-O, Paul O, Brazil, and uh, I'll tell you what, that's a, that's a crazy place. I don't know which one would be worse to live in, New York City or there, <laughs> as far as traffic and, and all that. But it was a great time. Julie, uh, Adam, and I had a great time down there. Our family down there was awesome. They they treated us very well. Just had a good old time. Very good. Glad you uh, had safe travels. And we're getting closer to heading south. We're going to be driving to Florida That's right. here uh, next week. So looking forward to some time off, time away from work, and uh, enjoying the Christmas season. Do you got any uh, Christmas traditions, movies, or... Any little nuances, I guess, on Christmas Day that you do? Not really. It's um, I would almost call it kind of a traditional, to some degree, being that my parents are split. Uh, we basically bounce from one to the other, either that day or the next. It all depends on scheduling and whatever. Uh, this year, as the weather is starting to turn on us at the present time, we may actually be having our own close-knit family Christmas here in uh Instead of going back home to Clearfield, PA, which is where we normally go back to. So, uh, I guess, uh, depending on the weatherman's forecast, we may or may not be staying in. <laughs> Snowed in. That's it. That's fine. 
That's fine. I'll start a new tradition. I don't know what it'll be, but I'll start it. Right. Staying home for Christmas instead of uh, instead of on the roads. It took us a while to uh, finally get to stay home for Christmas, but uh, we do a little bit of traveling here and there during the holidays. But luckily, as the boys were small and are still kind of small, people come to see us. So... But other than that, we uh, I, I can't get through the Christmas season without watching, as I uh, referenced at the beginning, uh, Christmas Vacation. I just watched it last week. I'm surprised I made it that long before I uh, Yeah, you usually start it. like Walmart. You start like in the mid-summer with Griswold <laughs> no. stuff. No, i got to get through Halloween. And then once I get through Halloween and get closer to Thanksgiving, I like my Thanksgiving, you know. Yeah. I don't like to, I don't like Christmas encroaching on my Thanksgiving, but you know, obviously, we've uh, passed along the traditional Rudolph and Frosty the Snowman and the Grinch to the boys. So right. always always good to break those out. Well, I wanted to start us. We've kind of made it almost, I guess, about nine months now with MassCast. We started back in February, and we're kind of ending this uh, this year or this season, I guess, of, uh, of MassCast episodes. But for those of you listening who haven't been with us the whole way, um, we just wanted to kind of give you an overview of who we are again and and how we started MassCast and, and started going through all this. So basically, um, Wyatt and I are two friends since what? Third, fourth grade, something fourth like that. Fourth grade, huh? and but we we uh, there's ties that say that we've known each other a lot longer in some ways or another. Yes, just, yes, there actually is. You uh, found a note or something or other. Uh, it was uh, yeah. I, I I'm always bringing stuff back when I when I head home and uh, I threw a box of pictures. I found it was like one of those chain letters they used to do back in the day. And it was from, uh, it was to me, from you, which it would have been your parents. This was back in 78, I think the letter was dated. And it was one of those where uh, you, it's like a chain letter. You get somebody to sign up or to buy some of these books. And then you pass it on to the next person. Or you invite other people to buy these little children's books and it was something the parents did back then, so it was it was kind of surreal, really, to see that you being what about three at the time and me being two at the time, right? <laughs> and having our names on that letter that was a that was pretty amazing to find. So you but can we, you can tell audience that you know <laughs> we've known each other probably too long in some ways. <laughs> yeah, we can pretty good at reading each other's minds, but. Uh, Anyway, I guess back in 2007 is when we decided to write this movie script. Yeah, it was just Mask. shortly after the Transformers movie, the first one, had come out. And uh, we just, uh, we've said it early on in the first Mask cast uh, that, you know, we just want to make this movie, make an 80s movie, something that would stand out. And mm-hmm. we both kind of just, virtually looked at each other and go mask do you remember mask and yes. boom that just started like a, a, a chain reaction right there right and it, it all began to to kind of keep us in contact with each other 
he was in New Jersey at the time, and I was in Alabama, and just a way to kind of keep in touch with each other more often, we decided to write this script, um, just kind of back and forth, and it took a while for it to really come together, but we had many uh, <laughs> revised uh, Word documents, for, which was just notes, and uh, we kind of built from there, and it took us about, I guess, almost three years to finish. We finished it in 2010. Right. But, we, you know, we weren't always, it wasn't, you know, a continuous writing. I'd pick it up, do a little bit, and put it down, and why pick it up a little bit, put it down, so it wasn't a... Right, it was an continuous journey for three years, and our so. and our step process kind of was like we get through a scene or what we'd call an act, uh, or even even if it was only one page, we if there was something that just didn't sit right when one of us wrote it, we were like, hey, can you check me on this? Because I don't know if this is what we were really intending to do. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we went back and forth. Uh, I know our initial brainstorming took us about five weeks and at least and i still have those copies just i guess for kicks but uh (laughs) we we kept doing a save as a mass cast draft you know one two three and i think it ended up being 14 or 15 or something like that before we said okay let's start actually making the script before it gets too chaotic (laughs) but then from there it was pretty much a a labor of love more than anything because we really didn't have any writing experience and then uh you got you got me a book uh the script writing bible or something like that yeah i remember that that was i think for your birthday one year yeah we started using that more of a as a textbook for our own way and then about towards the end of actually writing all this you had picked up a software program yeah it was actually uh early in 2011 uh, when we ran into a virtually ran into a, a movie director that was fresh out of school, and he pointed us into that direction of the uh, the script writing software. So that really kind of helped us out some. And once we finished and got it, you know, to where we were, we liked it. We uh, got it copyrighted, sent it into the uh, what is it, the uh, screenwriters. Guild, right. whatever where you register it, and uh, so we're uh, we got it all registered. And again, we're we're more uh, family men. We're on the East Coast, so we really don't have that time to and money or whatever to go out to the West Coast and really try to pitch this thing. So that's why we and we pretty much started the social media to uh, just to get ourselves out there and to kind of be the the front runners to get this movie made right and it's actually been surprising we know that there were some mask fans out there we had gathered some information from uh our, our buddies that we've had on this uh mask cast a few times bill and eric uh matt tracker and uh boulderhill.net respectively and some other people but we didn't realize how big of a fan base we were going to have until we just put traction to this and we are we are astounded how many fans we have, not just of Masscast, but uh, just the whole support of a script to to give to Hollywood. Uh, it's just phenomenal. 
to, to, yeah. to and humbling in, in many, many ways to think about, you know, hey, these are two average Joes that have no idea how to, to talk to uh, <laughs> any movie director uh, to say, hey, we got something here. Uh, but we've we've nudged a few people. We've we've had producers come in and kind of uh, what's the right word I, I'm thinking of? Kind of nudge and, and kind of poke at it, but nothing has uh, really been set in motion or anything. So we're back to we're still just promoting it as best we can yeah. via the blog, via via all the social media, and and via Sato says. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's kind of really how we, we got into MassCast was, you know, we're kind of at the point where we've done pretty much everything we can do. Uh, we've, we put ourselves out there and, and just are trying to keep it going, um, trying to get the Mask fans to to support us and basically just to support a movement in general to bring it back, whether it's on the big screen with our, our uh, live-action script or you know another cartoon or toy line or whatever they want to do we just want to want to to stay fresh in people's minds so we decided to start the podcast and basically go back and review the uh mask episodes the mask cartoon and uh we started that journey early this year back in february we're up to our 27th episode now and uh it's been fun it's been great we've gone through 20 episodes. We've had some uh, fun guests on the show. We've done some special episodes, you know, about the toys and collecting and so forth. So it's been fun. That's why we kind of started this. It's, again, a labor of love in that we basically wrote the script based on our experiences by watching the cartoon and interacting with the toys. So we love the cartoon. We obviously want to keep promoting it and are reviewing it, you know, even though I, I think probably the majority of the episodes we would uh, endorse and have endorsed so far, right. but even the ones that uh, we've kind of given a, a lower rating on our scale, it's it's all in the context of we really love the show and we would uh, prefer you know people to maybe watch some of the the, the better episodes first and. They're what we love about the show, and there's some other episodes that, of course, we love to still love the characters. They're just not as not as popular with us personally, but we still want people to listen and watch and and do all that and and, and follow us. Right, and uh, you know, I think it's about that time to delve into the, to our mascots. What do you think? Yes, it is. It's going to be fun. We're going to go back and review episodes 11 through 20. We're going to give a little quick uh, overview and maybe some good and bad moments. We're going to talk about our ratings and what the voters rated in our polls. So uh, I'm ready to go. All right, let's start the MassCast. with episode 11 entitled the magma mole and the plot is venom uses a mole machine to drill into the earth which threatens tokyo with devastating floods and an eruption of mount fuji now uh our voters rated it a 94 percent 
saying that the episode was either a five or a four, so the majority of us enjoyed it. Uh, on the scale of one to five, let's say that. Right. For, uh, for those that aren't, that <laughs> aren't kind of caught up on here, let, let, let's review this. We, we have a one to five rating, one being the worst, five being the best epitome of mask episodes ever. So, uh, and you can kind of just fill in the blanks in between. So, uh, I gave it a four. However, Jason thought it was better than me. So, he gave it a five. Which hasn't happened very much. Oh, no, uh, I'm usually better back, than him. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're usually more uh, uh, forgiving, I guess you would say. <laughs> to some extent, yes. Than, than mine. And, you know, I've made it known before, too. I like to give these little... Uh, half uh half ratings so if i do give it a half of a rating in between of you know like a four and a five i will round it up and i think that's what i did with this episode it was good i mean you know we always look at these episodes to have a good use of like scott and t-bob and have all the elements that we remember you know from the show at least at least i do that's where they you know you got the the call up at the beginning um, you got some good battle scenes and, and everything like that, and you got some good drama. Uh, and we had all of that with this episode, I think. And, I mean, there was a spot where Matt was, quote-unquote, almost killed, you know. Right. Um, Say goodbye to your fearless leader, fools. He's on his way to the center of the earth. Matt, you must stop before you're too deep. The heat will kill you. It's already plenty hot, Alex. But I can't stop this one-way elevator. I can't even break anything. It's all made of endurium alloy. Matt, perhaps the wind can do what the hammer cannot. Ultrasonic vibration. Good idea, Bruce. Spectrum on. I'll get him with the penetrator. Don't try it, buddy. Penetrator doesn't have nearly enough power to go through that much rock. You're gonna come up here and stop me? Firecracker's generator will give you extra power. Buddy. Ugh. You must stop at precisely the coordinates given by Spectrum, or you'll materialize in solid rock. And I don't know if penetrator circuits can take it. I know, I know. Let's do it. Hurry! He's gonna cook down there! Penetrator on! Yeah, this was I think this is one of the better ones of uh, of this section here, eleven through twenty. What was your thoughts on this episode? Like you, I thought it was a great episode, but I was uh, kind of a uh, we call them dings, but kind of just annoyances for me, uh, because they had some voice slip ups. Um, and yes, I do remember that. And and you know, we got used to in the first ten episodes of where they would give a voice command for the mask, or they'd say Spectrum on or Viper mask on, something like that. Well, they started kind of, especially on the Venom side, they started steering away from it. So I kind of dinged it there, but you know, 
the rest of it was actually a pretty decent episode. I just got a little uh, checkmark happy. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> so, uh, But it was all good. Uh, and for those that, again, are catching up, we also did a movie similarities with these episodes that tied into right. our movie script. So if you want to review, uh, you know, go ahead and go back through our episodes. So that brings us on to episode 12. Right, which was uh, Solaria Park. ready to go exploring a Greek island. I've had the Thunderhawk shift ahead. Exploring? No way. I'm too tired. Tired? Your first trip to the Aegean Sea and you say you're tired? Getting here is what made me tired. Is sailing stuff is hard work. You're the one who wanted to learn all about crewing on a sailing ship. Crewing? You mean slaving. Looks like mutiny, Matt. I'll stay with them if you want to go ahead. Okay. Crew is hereby granted one day to be lazy. See you later. Be careful. This episode, uh, Venom hides a heat ray weapon in this amusement park. I believe it was in Greece. The voters um, in this episode, half of the voters said that it was a four... And then the other half of the voters either voted for five or three. So they were kind of, you know, like one notch down. A four is, is probably, we both gave it a four. I think we, I think the main reason why I kind of dinged it, there wasn't, there's usually like a, a major crisis going on and, and a reason why Mask has to come in and, and kind of thwart Venom. Um, but this really didn't involve uh, any major crisis. It was just kind of a, machine that they built and they had to go in and, and basically shut it down there was kind of some threats you know um, but it just didn't kind of start off that way which I think we've been used to in, in these episodes and Scott and T-Bob you know a lot of people might like it when they're absent or there's very little involvement I kind of like it when they are involved with the story and, and done right and this one they were just kind of distant and were there for you know, like the the comic relief, right? But I, I thought it was a it was a pretty good episode. Um, and some neat things that happened there at the amusement park and discovering the the mirrors and and things of that nature. You got anything you uh, wanted to add about this episode? It was a, a good episode, like Jason said. But I, I found little ticks. Uh, to me, one of them was that you know. It, T-Bob and, and Scott were a little annoying in this episode. Hi, T-Bob. I'm collecting information on yachts so Dad can buy a new one. Want to help? Forget it. I'm never going on one of those things again. They sink. I've had enough jumping overboard. Thank you. I hate getting wet. <laughs> That was one of my major 
write-ups. We we unfortunately they get the the brunt of the the abuse on our ratings. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, but you know, there's times where we know that they're comic relief, and they're they're either just used excessively or uh, they're used so little that you don't even know what point of them being on there was. Right. So and in the same in the same manner, I think this one also had quite a few. Uh, Bruce sayings. Yeah, there, which, that was another uh, one that kind of got eventually kind of got to you. I don't I don't mind them, but when it gets overcooked, right, <laughs> it it just kind of stands out to me that uh, all right, Bruce, we heard you the first couple times. Just just chill. That's right. Our uh, our brains aren't working, you know. <laughs> exactly. Especially <laughs> except when- for Matt. Luckily, Matt's there to uh, to always <laughs> uh, interpret. <laughs> he's always and the interpreter think, for him <laughs> yeah this was also another one that uh, a line I took away from this one is uh, Mayhem almost in the uh, in Scooby-Doo fashion calling uh, you mask meddlers or something like that yes and, I remember that now yeah <laughs> that was kind of a what we like to call a roll your eyes moment yeah um, as we go as we go through these reviews that brings us to episode 13, The Creeping Terror. Venom unleashes a horde of giant caterpillars to destroy a South American jungle in hopes of finding a lost Mayan temple. The voters rated this at 57% uh, as a 3, where 29% voted it as a 4. I was, I guess, more forgiving on this episode. I wrote it as a (laughs) 4, and Jason was a little harsh on this one. I pick on him about this a couple times. He rated it at 2 so why did yeah. you rate it a two? Uh, I think mainly it was because there was a lot of those kind of roll your eyes moments in the episode. Um, there was some good things. We had some uh, some new animation shown, and a lot of these episodes, it seemed like at least this time, there were some new things shown each one uh, as far as the animation and. and even some different views of the transformations of the vehicles. But it was, you know, again, most of these are also those coincidental type episodes where Mask is there and Venom just happens to be there in the same location. And uh, there was a, I don't know, that it just didn't seem there was a lot explained about the caterpillars and how they got there and what woke them up and, right. and all that. And it I likened it to the uh, the dinosaur episode in the first ten, a dinosaur boy, in the way that they, you know, discovered these dinosaurs in the jungle and or dinosauroids as they called them. Right. Um, and there was kind of a false sense of drama at the end where Mask was trapped, but not really, and then they just kind of the caterpillars go to sleep, and it. It's the end. Right. So, it's kind of a very uh, uh, very lazy way of ending the episode where you think there should be more yeah. drama or a better ending. 
everybody. They're going into the cocoon state. Now they'll change into butterflies? Not exactly, Brad. You see, because of their size, their metabolism is different. They'll probably sleep for centuries. Yeah! And after all this, so could I. <laughs> yeah, it just, it was not, it was probably one of my least favorites of, uh, of this section, 11 through 20. Right. But why did you, why did you give it some good marks? I, you know, I liked a lot of things that they did here. They, they tried some, uh, Better animation is probably the best way to put it on uh, some things. Um, one of them is a close-up transformation of Condor. They really went kind of zoomed in on it, and that was something that I liked. Uh, I do remember that. There was kind of a good back and forth. It wasn't like heavy-weighted. Sometimes we see most of Mask for a good portion of the episode. Then we finally see Venom. Or vice versa. It, uh, to me, it was just a better... Um, better balance. That's right. Better balance of everything. Um, one one other scene. You know, Matt has a kind of a casual stance as he's sitting there in the cave while it's trying to explode. He's just casually saying, oh, Spectrum on. And um, Spectrum doesn't do anything when they're trapped in that cave. It ends up being that they have to use all the vehicles weapons to blast themselves out but like you you know i didn't like how it ended um and i didn't like how we didn't grasp why the caterpillars were woken up in the first place again i know this is a kid's cartoon sometimes we read a little bit into it but as adults now we're looking going hey we're missing you know just add a minute here explain it yeah and we're, and we're good well and you know like i said before there's certain things that you're used to seeing when you're a mask fan yeah. and you're watching the show and there's just certain things you're used to seeing each episode. Right. And the ones that I typically rate lower are missing some things. Uh, for instance, in this one, they rushed through the, the, the mask room, the mask room and the, the call up and actually there wasn't any mask room in this one at all. So you didn't get any Boulder Hill or any kind of strategy at the beginning. Mm. Um, you did get to see the, the transport plane, which I guess maybe was a reason, one of the good things that I that I saw. But anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to episode fourteen, which was a much better episode, in my opinion. Yeah. I think in yours, yes. maybe not maybe not in yours uh, as well as you <laughs> rated it the same. But um, episode fourteen was assault on liberty. You've all been waiting for. Gee, Dad, do you really think he can do it? Can he really make the Statue of Liberty disappear? We'll see, son. When I snap my fingers, the lights come on, and the statue will be gone. 
With your assistance, I shall bring the statue back. Please, everybody, cross your fingers. episode venom steals the statue of liberty during a magic show and holds it for ransom 54 percent of the voters gave this episode a five and the other 46 percent gave it a four so this was a pretty highly touted episode with the voters you gave it a four and i gave it a four and a half and rounded up to five so i was ahead of you on this one uh as well what do you remember about it I, I like this episode. I, I, if you could do the half ratings, I probably would do it a half rating up above um, the last episode, The Creeping Terror. But mm-hmm. I liked the the fact that they kept this mystical um, David Copperfield feel, if you will, where they were trying to steal the Statue of Liberty. Uh, they had a projector which in the middle of a cornfield which projected it there and found out it's really wasn't even there right there's a couple of voice mix-ups too yeah that's was that was my dings with the voice mix-ups they had uh if i remember right it was dusty's voice was on buddies yeah. and vice versa or something um that didn't sit well but there was a lot of things that i guess uh, as a retro buff that kind of kept me there um i made a remark here you know they're doing a mode to synchronize their watches for a countdown. And it reminds me of the sixties Batman where everything was bat something. So Matt <laughs> says, you know, let's synchronize our bat, our mask watches. Yeah. So, uh, little stuff like that. I, I really liked it. The laser tripping that they used was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there I see. And I, I think that's where we differ in that. I, Obviously, we'll give uh, the quote-unquote ticks to little mistakes like that. But I'm looking more t- for uh, you know the story and and how it incorporates in the mask world more than what happened with the you know the production of the cartoon. Right. You know, in other words. So maybe that's why I I didn't bring it back more uh, than what I did with some of the little production errors right um but just because in in this one too there was some kind of new it was a kind of a new feel to it but still kind of in that good mask world where the co-pilots of the vehicles kind of took the main role in this one um they got the mask room correct and you know there were some some cool new uh animation um, I think there was some reflection maybe off of the uh, oh yes this is the one skyscrapers yeah of uh, Thunderhawk yeah. yeah you can see Thunderhawk uh, going by I I don't know maybe I was a little sentimental because we got to see the World Trade Center towers in this one you know mm-hmm. and 
just you know, the the statement. I think the one that uh, our buddy Anna said that was that gave her a high rating on this one was Miles stating that he would have blown the statue up anyway um, had they not, you know, paid the ransom. <laughs> I knew they wouldn't pay the ransom. <laughs> I would have blown the statue up anyhow, just so they would know who they're dealing with. What? Grasp? But I thought you took care of them. Oh no! Not so fast, mayhem. You got kind of into Miles and and his uh, his whole reason for being (laughs) exactly exactly and then of course they blew up all the vehicles they got a little payback from the uh from the rotex episode in the first 10 when all the mass vehicles were were pretty much right but we still got to see some mortality on rhino here uh when you know rhino's windshield is is smashed by jackhammer so it was that's what I look for. I, you know, I, I look. Me too. I look Me for the too. drama, and I look for the way that they run the the whole show. But more, I guess, I look for deeper. I probably shouldn't read into it that much, but the deeper stuff. You know, I like. Mm-hmm. You know, the, a car can't be that invincible, even if it is kit. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so that brings us into episode fifteen, the scepter of regime. T-Bob, you just don't look like a real tiger. Too bad you didn't put one in my tank before we left. Oh, T-Bob. Gosh, Dad, we've been in India a week dedicating the tiger preserve, and I haven't seen one tiger up close yet. I'm sorry, Scott. The Sabia tiger is apparently not only rare, but very shy as well. Unlike that snake mayhem. Did you say snake? Are you all right? Uh Uh-oh. According to my computer, mayhem is in this area. What's Venom doing in India, Dad? I don't know, son. But you can be sure they're not here to feed the tigers. Plot here is Venom steals a mystical scepter from an Indian city whose inhabitants hold the masked team hostage until it's returned. Matt Tracker must work alone to get it back. 50% of the voters gave this episode a 3 or a 2. Where, <laughs> yeah, whereas 38% gave it a 4. And I was part of that crowd. Um, Jason was not part of the less fortunate crowd, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ended up giving it a 2.5 and, and I rounded up to 3. To be uh, to be kind, there are some good things in this one, and it wasn't you know it wasn't a total wash for me. Uh, it, they were very creative with this rescue. Yes, they were. When uh, Condor he he gets, I think they shoot the uh, propellers right. Yes. And he's kind of he's kind of spiraling down, and he lands on the roof of Thunderhawk uh, midair. Right. So I love that 
creative. You, you can tell that the writers, the producers of the show are like, what's well, a cool way we can save Condor, you know, in this episode if he gets shot. Right. So, you know, things like that, that was really cool about this. Um, there was basically a, what I think I called a friendly fire overkill in this episode. There was like glazers being bounced off of, bad guys and hitting the good guys. I think that might actually what happened with the uh, Condor. And the, yes, I think that's actually what did happen. Um, and then there was some friendly fire on Venom's side as well. Um, they, we didn't find out what happened to Dagger at the end after uh, he just kind of, I think, disappeared after being part of uh, the episode towards the beginning. After they, you know, get down and they find where this lost city is, right? He just kind of disappeared. Exactly. Um, so there, and that's you know, kind of why I didn't totally understand Mayhem's plan um, to use this scepter too, which left it kind of down for me. But what were some of the things that you pulled out of here to to give it a four rating? I was big on the transformation. They really stepped it up with their animation. And how they transformed Thunderhawk, and then how they transformed Jackhammer. You actually got to see how Dagger got to move, basically, from the front seat of the Bronco into the, the, the turret gun cap. Yes, now that was good, too. I do remember that. Uh, that was one of the ones that kept it there. The drama was better for me. It took a while at the beginning. To me, it was boring at first. But... After the action really got more involved, I, I really was captivated. In this prison, it's the guards who wear the stripes. Shh, there, there. The people are afraid that we will reveal their secret. Help! Help! Last man! Stole scepter! Venom! There they go! After them! Wait! Aren't you forgetting something? I think he means them, Matt. You must let us go. Only my friends and I can return the scepter to you. Not your friends. You alone. If you don't return, your friends will die. Venom's track went this way. My weapons still aren't working. But Mayhem's weapons will all be functioning now that he's got the scepter. Oh, boy. I like the idea that he's going after something. Miles is always going after something. <laughs> but I know he wanted to use it for something. Like you, though, there was that loose puzzle piece. What was he going to use it for? Or just, hey, I got a yeah. treasure. Nah, 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 nah. I don't know. <laughs> um, or it was one of those, hey, if you want it back, give me, you know, one million dollars. <laughs> um, so, but, yeah. you know. To me, it was a decent episode. I, I, I guess it just set, set better with me than with the other 52%. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go on to uh, episode 16 now, where it was called The Golden Goddess. Protector of the forest, bringer of the rains, that which makes all things grow. 
we beseech you to look kindly upon us. Bring on the rains in the right season. May our crops be plentiful. May all things grow. We offer our humble prayers. Oh no! What? The altar! The golden altar! It is gone! It is impossible! Quick! The temple entrance! But this room is sealed. There's no way anyone could have gotten inside. When such a thing happens, hardship and destruction will soon plague our land. It is written. And in this episode, Venom steals golden relics from ancient temples in Singapore, liquefying them to gold, and then smuggling it by pumping it through a secret pipeline. This was a pretty good episode, as voted. 55% of the voters gave it a 4, and 36% gave it a 5. So almost 100% there in the 5 and 4 range. Uh, Wyatt gave it a 5, and I gave it a 3.5 up to 4. So we were uh, we were pretty much along the, the voting lines on this one. Right. Um, why did you knock it down a few points, or 1.5 points? I was, uh, I think this is one where I was a little confused about Matt's, what his business was there in his relationship with the government. Um, it was uh, a little confusing there. I, I guess they tried to tie in why Matt was in Singapore and it was, it was like he was part of this, uh, preservation society or whatever for their, these national treasures, but then there's points where Matt acts like he didn't know what was going on about these other statues being stolen. So there were some things like that. And then some of the ticks were there's uh Matt is changing from his flight suit back to street clothes. And then, then he, the next scene he's back in his little flight suit, you know, so there's some, just some, uh, ticks like that as well so I, I i guess the major one was just the whole tie-in with the with the plot and it was kind of i don't know a little over exaggerated with you know where they where's this pipeline going right to uh, to get this gold out and oh I, this another one about this one was uh when they give miles the old smoke bomb and he's up in the the plane. Oh yes, he's got his mask on, and he's coughing through his mask. And we we talked about this more than once, where you know these masks aren't um, airtight. Like, airtight, right? Exactly. So he's he's hacking through the mask after the smoke is, is filled in the cabin and stuff. So that was just a I guess a personal preference to why I, I knocked it down to a three and a half, but. Gave it the benefit and, and bumped it back up to four. So, so tell me, uh, tell me your thoughts. I guess I was really impressed by this. One of the sound bites you hear on on the opening of the show is, you know, that I would almost equate it to the Rotex from the the, the first ten episodes. Uh, what I guess I loved the most was that the voice actors actually sounded like they were finally involved in this. They weren't just reading their lines the way the director wanted. It was like this one was 
the pinnacle or they just were actually truly drawn to this. You see Matt is just furious and it's you can hear it in the tone. It's like uh, Doug Stone is really just interested in this episode and that's, that's what I guess got me the most to stay at five. There were little things like, like you, the smoke bob didn't make sense. Uh, you got to come through the cabin of Switchblade on top of the mask. Uh, it should have been filtered or should have been never come through, yeah. but it did. Okay, minor tick. I, I guess I wrote that off because that was just the drama was spot on. I yeah. love the drama at, when they're on the, the boat dock where Thunderhawk is taken off. You see Piranha and I think Dagger as well are just eating up that uh, yeah, loading dock. Then you got Switchblade on the other end doing the same thing. So, and poor old Matt is trying to slam it into jet mode, but the foot stomp from the elephant who he diverted previously, uh, you know, it, it somehow. That's right, it damaged. It damaged, damaged Thunderhawk, uh, and he was having problems uh, getting it to get into full jet mode. Right, right. And all of a sudden you see this big, huge splash of water, so you think for a moment. Well, that's the end of Thunderhawk and Matt. We'll yeah. see him, you know, in the graveyard. Bob the ocean, yeah. And then all of a sudden you see it just, you know, oh, I'm here. Um, <laughs> Mask. After them. Like that elephant did more damage than I thought. good i mean i again i don't i don't blame you for uh you know there's certain episodes we both connect with that even some little ticks aren't gonna make it come down a full full rating so and the other thing that's good the other tick that got me though you know uh, like i said earlier uh it's like the voice command started to go away i was really leaning on a four and a half but when when the drama really kicked in uh, i just I guess I pushed it to the floor. I loved it. (laughs) No problem. So that brings us on to episode 17, The Mystery of the Rings. Stages a magnificent fair, Duke Windsor. 
Thank you, ma'am. Despite our economic problems, the Renaissance Fair is an important tradition. I want to thank you for inviting Scott and myself. It's always a pleasure to have you as my guest, ma'am. Your many factories in our country have brought thousands of jobs to our people. It's the least I can do. Where Venom goes to Sunhenge with three mystic rings that will point the way to a wealth of ancient treasure. Sounds like our Indiana Jones type episode. But anyway, 60% of the voters gave the episode a 4, whereas 40% gave it a 5 or a 3. And Jason and I rated it as a 3, both of us. So uh, what made us go that low? Yeah, I mean, it was it was another one of those where it was just kind of, there was some good, but there was some bad, so it just kind of ended up, you know, in the middle for me. Uh, the, the plot was pretty decent, uh, had some kind of mystic value to it, and it was almost like a treasure hunt. I think there was a good use of Scott and T-Bob here, where there was both the comedy, and then there was also the, the kind of interaction uh, with the the mission and one thing I do remember that was really good about this was the uh, the music. They added yes. in a few uh, new themes that uh, that military like theme. So there was there was some good elements and then the, the bad elements. Uh, there was another one of those where Venom was foiled pretty easily at the end um, just basically mask giving them a bunch of dust and flying them in circles you know <laughs> exactly I think this is the one where you know they give uh, Miles the old loop-de-loo and uh, he gets all dizzy or something in his in his jet and I think we were both like alright he, he should know how to fly that thing exactly <laughs> um I think the the major thing that I had wrong with this was in I, in light of what I just said about some of the production points, I don't, I don't necessarily give them uh, a, a bad ratings because of the bad production. But it, there is with the, when it's the dialogue, which it was in this one where there was long like pauses yes. in between the dialogue, it can really screw you up and you get you out of that moment, get you out of that episode, mm-hmm. you know. So not so much the animation and little mistakes there, but when you don't get that tight, uh, that tight dialogue in there, it, I think that's was one of the reasons why I, I brought it down at least a full point. So, what about you? What do you remember from this episode? I remember, you know, that really the big thing that got me that made a big bigger markdown was this. To me, it was sloppy artistry. They went from having a, a, a great episode to having, uh, to me, the animation was just completely sloppy. Uh, the faces of Scott, T-Bob, and even Matt, mm-hmm. it was just like they were trying something new, or uh, it was Friday, I don't know. Uh, just that really <laughs> didn't sit well. The, Ready for the weekend. That's right. <laughs> Let's get this episode over with so we can go home for the weekend. Um. <laughs> The other big tick that got me, you know, T-Bob, he's chasing thieves towards the beginning of the episode, and uh, he's supposed to be taking pictures. 
he is a scooter. He could have transformed into scooter mode, drove up to him, caught pictures and stuff. He didn't. He ran. And somehow he was, he was slower than the the thieves. So that that set me back a little bit. Um, it it was just an okay episode. That's that's how I took it. I couldn't the the whole loopy loo like you said. Miles is a jet pilot. Come on, <laughs> yeah. if you can't if you get sick in the jet, you're in the wrong business. Maybe yeah, maybe he I, should be switching with racks on piranha. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'd have better luck. Uh, yeah, could be, could be. Uh, so, well, we go on to uh, episode eighteen now. Bad vibrations. In recognition of his many cultural contributions to our city. It is my pleasure to dedicate Hong Kong's newest office complex to Matt Tracker. He's my dad. I'm his son. I'm his robot. And now, Matt Tracker will cut the ribbon. Correction, Matt Tracker and Scott Tracker will cut the ribbon. I get to help? Really? Right, lad. It's quite an honor, too. Go on, Scott. This will be perfect for you. You're such a cut-up. Ready? You bet. to blow up buildings in Hong Kong with a sonic weapon. Now, we were a little bit off from the uh, the voters on this episode. Uh, 80% of the voters gave it a 4, while just 20%, which included us, gave it a 3. Uh, we'd both given this one a 3 as the previous episode. So, what did you, uh, what did you take away from Bad Vibrations? Well, I liked... The episode here, there was a, some good aerobatics with Switchblade, which he got nicked, and and basically Miles saves the jet by you know obviously putting it into jet mode. Um, the plot was okay, but we picked on poor Scott and T Bob. They were used way too much. The masks being placed on the ag- agents without the commands—that was something that got me. Uh, they just drop down without having any command, you know, mask down or mask on. And then later on, they just kind of add the insult to it where Matt is saying mask down, but the mask is already halfway on his face before uh, before he says the command. The Yeah, this is also the one where Scott and T-Bob were just kind of uh, on the sightseeing tour and all these Venom vehicles were 
going by them, and yeah. for some reason they just didn't notice them, you know. Right, and you see after I, being so observant through the first seventeen episodes. Right, and you know, and Scott <laughs> would say, "I'm so observant, I'll spot a Venom guy, lickety split, and yeah, there they go, there they go." <laughs> um, there was kind of a confusing point here that I didn't mark it down, but it was confusing because we think of Scott as T. Bob's electronic technician and maybe even his mechanic. But then they make a comment that uh, maybe I need to talk to Buddy about upgrading you. What? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> so, you know, then I, yeah. I kind of just thought, well, is Buddy the, the scooter side of him? And Yeah. So it was, like I said, it was okay. The other thing that got me that marked it down was they used different sound effects. They didn't stick with the... Uh, the common ones that we know of. They just started experimenting. So, um, yeah, on, the, on the gun, I mean, it yeah. was on everything. I everything think. It was, was on the different. Guns. The masks, everything. Scan the personnel files for the masked agents best suited for this mission. Gloria Baker, champion race car driver, black belt in kung fu, knowledge of structural engineering, vehicle code name, Shark. <laughs> They uh, it's like they lost their uh, soundtrack there for something. They right. had to and this is, fill in this one, right? And this is also where Matt gets a split second new hair color. Remember, it's not blonde. He gets a Dude, yeah, he gets that's dark right. hair for just a split moment in the hotel yeah. towards the end. Just for men. That's right. <laughs> so uh, it, it did have some good things though. I do remember that uh, liking it because. It was more than just Venom as the bad guys. You had this uh, real estate mogul, I guess you would say. Yes. And seeking out revenge on all these former employers and, and people that had wronged him in his life. So it was good in that it wasn't just total Venom's motivation. And then another thing, too, is you know we see these episodes where Venom is going after the mystical things. And... This one was just kind of a break from that, and it was just Venom. They just want some money, you know, maybe just to fund the organization for the next, you know, <laughs> several months right. or whatever. But it's good to have that break in there, and and that they're just they're just in it for the money, basically. On this one, right? They're basically getting this guy to pay them to use this weapon on these buildings, right? But there's some good drama, you know, trying to find that bomb in the building and Scott and T-Bob being inside there, you know, so it had some good, good drama to it, but there were some, there were some markdowns as well. Right. And that leads us on to number 19. Birds in the sun. Yeah, Panama sure's got plenty of both. Not so close. You're not a seagull. I know. Just call me Sky Bob. <laughs> Boy, Gloria's sure missing a great time. Well, you know girls. 
They'd rather get tan than get wet. Dusty, look! Help! Help us! We gotta move fast, Dusty. Those people could drown. Scott, T-Bob, land on the beach. A submarine? That's what must have cut the yacht in half. Ooh Watch it! Her captain must be a fugitive from a demolition derby. Wait a minute. That sub belongs to me. At least part of it. You mind telling me the name of that tune? It's a modified nuclear sub built by Bolt Research Corporation. I gave them a grant for computer research. The episode is called Ghost Bomb, and here Venom plots to destroy the Panama Canal with a captured nuclear submarine. 43% of our voters gave this episode a 4, while another 43% gave it a 3, and there was only one 5. Not I. <laughs> <laughs> I rated it a 4, Jason ended up rating it a 3. What made you mark it down? I don't know. I guess I was stuck on three for a few episodes. Ooh, <laughs> um, I, I I don't know. I guess I was just looking looking to get back to some normalcy, I guess, or uh, some some stuff I was used to. Uh, poor T. Bob. They didn't give him the credit. You know, he he bailed him out. He rescues Gloria. He pushes the uh, shark sub or the shark vehicle all the way to the surface by himself. You know, <laughs> he even points it like like he's playing chicken with the right. submarine for a moment. Right, right. Honda was there basically just to tow the sub. Yeah, he, at the end of the mission. I mean, he really didn't have. I mean, he triangulated something. The, the yeah. location of uh, this the the computer, uh, Brian the Brain, and and then you know again, Mayhem gave up way too easily. And as always, we've seen him right, and we've seen him shoot tons of missiles out of that, <laughs> out of switchblade, and this time apparently he only had one missile. Um, that's what happens when you don't get. I guess they didn't get enough funding from the last episode to uh, <laughs> to fully restock the missiles. You got one missile, um, make a count. Right, right, and the little net and tow cable trick there with with the missile at the end, I, I didn't really wasn't really fond of that but it was good the action kind of started early in the episode um there wasn't a lot of this kind of setup or uh side story with with t-bob and scott and you know they did incorporate some new capabilities i mean with the like the onboard computers in, in each vehicle which True. was which was cool um it was different at the end, instead of doing their typical laugh at the end and ending the episode, it would, they kind of rode off into the sunset with the with this sub, you know, having uh, got it back. So it was pretty. It was. I thought it was an okay episode. It wasn't overly good. wasn't overly bad. It was just kind of one of those. I'm again. I'm riding in the middle. Right. <laughs> What about you? Uh, this is one of those that some other things you took. Well, this took is away. one of those that I I was really on a three and a half, but I I rounded a four like you do. Uh, but it was hard to make that four. I loved that they were right into the action. 
the the storyline was decent, but it wasn't, I guess, as compelling or awe-inspiring as I would have liked it. <laughs> um, I love the close-up of the graphics that they did. But Scott and T-Bob were, to me, they were used way too much. They were used, T-Bob was used great in rescuing Gloria. Hey, Dad, look. I've found a great way to scuba dive. I've turned T-Bob into a torpedo. T-Bob must be short for Torpedo Bob. Of course. And that's how we're going to get into the sub. T-Bob will go up a torpedo tube. Take it easy, T-Bob. I'm just going to turn you into a TV camera so we can watch what you're doing down there. Oh, just call me TV, Bob. <laughs> but it was just like, uh, it just became a, a a sore thumb is probably the best way to put it. The rest <laughs> of the way through. The other things that kind of didn't make sense to me logically as an adult you got it at the beginning of the, of the episode you have t-bob swimming without any equipment on he's a robot right. electronic he's swimming in the water no problem and then the next and then they put a they put a breathing mask on him and a wetsuit <laughs> on a robot just to make him go through the torpedo tube to yeah. find the other half of brian the brain it didn't make sense, and that just—I guess—that's what didn't help my love yeah. for T. Bob and Scott. <laughs> um, like you said earlier, you know, Hondo. Why was he there? What was the point? Just to triangulate Brian the Brain and add a little oomph from yeah. Uh, yeah. Firecracker. Uh, to me, that was almost pointless. But like you said, you know, it was a decent episode. I liked how it started out again, but. It is what it is. It was a it was a decent, right. okay, not not wowing episode. Well, we were able to uh, end it on a good note, though, as we get through this uh, ten episode section here. Yeah. And our last one was episode twenty, Cold Fever. in the good old USA. Um, I think this uh, this section here, eight of the ten episodes, we were outside the U.S. Um, anyway, we're back in uh, Alaska, and we have some drama where Bruce Sato, he gets ill from a terrible virus, and Mask finds that Venom has the only cure. Forty-five percent of the voters, almost half, gave this episode a five, 36% gave it a 4, and there was 1, 3, and 1, 2. So the majority of the uh, voters thought this was a pretty good episode, as did we. We both gave this one a 4. So what did you uh, what did you take away from Cold Fever? 
it was a very good episode. They were very good with their details. Like I said in the in the last mass cast, where they they were creative uh, in this one. They used this. Uh, if I remember right, it was a tropical microbe in the storyline to to say that this is why they got this incredible fever. They were always hot. Uh, him and and the guy he stumbled upon, a professor. Then they end up having to. They're worrying about their dear friend Bruce. Matt is actually stumped. He has no idea what to do. You know, the guy that seems to have the answer for everything is just stumped. Yeah. So he finally ends up just. He's, he he kind of walks off and he's almost pouting or almost sulking almost. Pretty much. He and walks out of the hospital and he shuts uh, Thunderhawk to kind of be by himself, leaves Scott and T-Bob just looking in from the outside. <laughs> right. He ends up, you know, doing whatever he knows how to do best. Hook uh, me up to Mass Computer Headquarters and let's call in a team. Um, yeah. I love that Dusty, who is typically the redneck kind of doof of the Mask team, ends up, plays a very big role in this episode right. when I like that. He's not the doof anymore he's he's a decent uh yeah uh, brains of the of the team um he uses some some good old southern ingenuity to uh to get himself unstuck from the ice right the, uh lifting up the chassis of the jeep to use the boat to give him some jet propulsion right get, and then get out of the snow and then they use the the kind of the floating train if you will ingenuity there that was right. decent i i would I guess as an adult, I don't see the the coolness of it as much as if I were a kid going, man, that was cool. Uh, right. They use Thunderhawk as basically engine. Hondo and Firecracker launchers are grappling hook, just like Kit, and wraps around the the rear rudder or rear rear spoiler of Thunderhawk. Then Alex ends up throwing a rope to Gator, and they end up. Tying that their little iceberg, so they're all on three icebergs traveling up the river yeah. to to get back to land. We must hold it. If we get wet in this cold, we'll be dead in minutes. Hondo, secure your wheels in the ice. It'll stop Firecracker from sliding. Spectrum, on. Now to make a hole in the ice. Blaster, on. Hey, what am I supposed to do? You just stay out of the way. All right, fasten the rope onto that. Here. Got it. We're ready, Matt. What's next? I've got Thunderhawk anchored in the ice, Alex. If this works, you guys are the train, and I'm the engine. Got it. Here we go. Yeehaw! That's real ingenuity. Good show, man. It was cool and had some ingenuity to it. In fact, Dusty even says it's ingenuity, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, but... Uh, 
It was yeah, and I was I was kind of really wanting to give this one a five because there were some really good things I pulled out of it. I mean, it was the first laugh out loud moment I had in a in a long time with Scott and T Bob. Yes, yes. When uh, <laughs> he tells. T Bob the mush and go and T Bob ends up throwing all that snow back on him and Scott gets upset you did that on purpose and I was just following orders you know <laughs> uh, I thought that was that was pretty funny and then Venom you know they seemed more prepared than Mask in this one yes they were with the, with the treading and uh, and then you know again this one going back to the production of the episode you could tell that they put a little more into it with. Matt's voice changed when he took off his mask. Yeah. Uh, he They used that kind of echo effect, and then he takes off the mask, and he talks in his normal voice. So, and they gave, you know, T-Bob props at the end for uh, for helping out, which they, you know, usually Matt, and he wants them as far away as, as possible, but uh, T-Bob got some credit for, uh, for getting the antidote and helping to save Bruce, but really wanted to give it a five you know there's just some things like there was more concern for bruce than this poor professor guy that they found exactly who had it you know a lot longer than bruce did and they really didn't bookend that whole scenario at the end with uh maybe seeing him one more time in the episode as healthy and had received the antidote and so it was you know there were some some things like that that i just i just couldn't didn't give it up that one more half point to to make it a, a five. Right. So. My hang up was really on the uh, the mask room. You know, you and I actually had a small uh, debate about it. You know? Right. Um, I saw all the masks, including Spectrum, already on the rack. Where in that room where we only had three agents, and I don't know. Before, if there was only three agents, you only got three masks coming off the rack. Yeah. Where now all the masks are sitting on it, which I don't have a beef about, except if you're going to follow through, let's keep the same thing. Yeah. That was it's my little... Consistency. Right, exactly. Uh, the other thing was that T-Bob was very, very flexible. If I yeah, there was some like shoddy animation in this one, too. I think that yeah. we, kind of, we both marked it down because of some of the areas where it just didn't look normal. Right. So what was your favorite and least favorite episode of, of them all? My favorite, I'm going to go with uh, number 14, Assault on Liberty. I gave it a five, obviously, and, you know, it was, I don't know, it just kind of struck a chord with me, the mortality of the vehicles, <laughs> being able to, you know, destroy the Venom vehicles and, show some damage on the uh on the mass vehicles. This was also the one that had had quite a bit of buzz. Uh I guess most of which we created, but uh where where we thought uh T Bob uh cussed. Right. Right. <laughs> if you remember that. And we sounded like he uh damn at the end and we were uh, <laughs> we were like what? That's not what we what, heard. Did he really, yeah, did he really just, just swear? And, you know, Matt kind of shrugs it off, so we never did really uh, really analyze that audio <laughs> to see if uh, to see if they let one slip or whatever. But, 
You know, I, I don't know. It was just one of those that, uh, like I said, it, even the small little ticks couldn't bring me down from a from a five. It was just uh, uh, a good good episode. What about you? What was your favorite one? I would have to go with the Golden Goddess, and, and that it it was really on the drama, the voice actors actually feeling like they were really truly involved in this episode i think is what drove it to being the the best uh you got the suspense of matt maybe actually dying you know because of them blasting that dock off and then the last minute he uh he saves himself really that's what got me the most out of that whole thing uh just enjoyed it overall uh, and to boot you know you got alex parachuting in to save the day for scott and t bob you know they're stuck in that alley there with elephants i do remember that yeah that also that was, was just uh, a pretty good a very good scene actually to he parachuted rhino out of the mask plane right to save that was that was really good I mean, he was already in route anyway but oh look we see danger let's <laughs> yeah i in you know like i said before when we were talking about the assault on liberty it was almost like, for me, why I guess why I connected so much with it. It was almost like, well, what what now for Venom? It almost like Mask had defeated, permanently defeated Venom with their vehicles in shambles, and right. they're just left floating down the river there at the end. And uh, I don't know. I it just kind of gave more of a, I, I guess, more of a realistic sense to uh to it and obviously we're promoting our live action movie and bullets are going to fly and fenders are going <laughs> to get dented you know and that that sort of thing which we really don't see too much of or I haven't seen too much of you know in the first 20 episodes so what was your least favorite we'll probably both agree on this one yeah it was actually a toss up we both marked 17 and 18 as threes uh, but looking through and comparing them I would actually have to say it was episode 17 mystery of the rings that I probably liked the least of the least um, mm-hmm. the artistry was just bad uh, right after coming off of a high from the golden goddess at least for me and my rating uh, with all the drama and all that they go to being uh, poor animation. The vehicles were a little sloppy. The episode wasn't captivating. Just nothing sat well. The, the jet mode where uh, Venom does loop-de-loos and gets yeah. air sick. Like I said before, I think they did this on a Friday or a Monday, something. <laughs> I have no love for this one. Sorry. <laughs> Well, I th- you probably can guess which one is mine. I was, I just remembered that you actually gave it a uh, two steps above my rating, but uh, the creeping terror, it just uh, reminded me too much of Dinosaur Boy, which was my least favorite of the first ten. So it was definitely my least least favorite, and obviously the ratings showed that. Um, it's just that there wasn't a, a really kind of end to it that kind of wrapped everything up it was just like well we've uh 
we've saved a day for now, but these worms might be back, you know, in a hundred years or whatever. <laughs> they didn't really, it wasn't a permanent ending to it. Right. Um, and, you know, like, like I said when we started out, we take good and usually bad from each episode, and the bad just way outweighed the, uh, even the few good things that I found um, in the creeping terror. But I say we uh, let's let's get on to some comments that we had um, and give the uh, give the fans a voice. Some, uh, yeah, let them uh, let them have a little voice on uh, episodes eleven through twenty. Let's first look at our poll. I had put up uh, a poll. Basically, you can vote for your favorite episodes uh, as many as you want throughout the uh, episodes eleven through twenty. And the episode that actually got the most votes was number 11, the Magma Mole. It got uh, 25% of the people voting chose that as one of their favorites. And then right behind it was my personal favorite, uh, Assault on Liberty, which had 22%. And then from there, it looks like it was... uh, Cold Fever, and then Golden Goddess. Uh, the one that I picked as my least favorite got zero votes. <laughs> well, I wonder why. <laughs> and the one that you picked, actually the uh, 17, 18, and 19, Mystery of the Rings, Bad Vibrations, and Ghost Bomb, all just got one vote. So it, it seems like the fans uh, pull out Magma Mole uh, out of this one more than than we did, and it was a great episode. I think we both, I think we both what gave that a four. Yes. So, uh, so that was actually no, I gave that one a five. That was my uh, that was my other five uh, in these. So I, I'm I'm right there with you as as far as uh, as far as pulling that out of as one of the favorites. But let's hear what some people had to say. We have uh, two comments from the poll. And then this week, as I was reposting uh, MassCast, inviting people to go back and listen leading up to this episode, uh, there were some comments I pulled off of Facebook as well. But let's start with, uh, with the, on the poll. All righty. Eric, and at the very end, he clarifies that he's not the Eric from Boulder Hill. I love the episodes Magma Mole and Solaria Park. I wish there had been a toy made of the Magma Mole. It's such an awesome vehicle. It was also nice to see how far Mayhem was willing to go to try to kill Tracker, even sending him down into the heart of Mount Fuji. Plus, the animation in Magma Mole was very nicely done. Solaria Park was great because we see Venom with access to another super weapon, and it's nice to see Mask on the ropes at the end of the episode. Also, I love the way voice actor Brandon McCain expressed such frustration in Miles Mayhem's voice when Thunderhawk blows up the statue. Another great episode was Assault on Liberty, partly because of the great animation and partly because of Mayhem's great I-would-have-blown-it-up-anyhow line. As you probably guessed, I'm a huge Venom Miles Mayhem fan. By the way, this isn't Eric from BoulderHill.net, but thank you very much for reading my comments on the MassCast. 
Yes, and I actually have had some interaction with Eric. He is the creative mind behind cartoonopolis.com. And uh, I'm going to invite people very soon to uh, to go over there. I'm going to post up a uh, blog post mainly about the music from the mass cartoon. And Eric has actually, this is really cool by the way, he's taken, he's gone through uh, the episodes and you know, you'll notice that part of the song gets played like, you know, the like a, a Venom theme. As they get to Venom, they'll play the beginning part, and then there's some episodes where they'll actually finish out the song at the end. Well, he has gone through each episode and basically pieced together this songs. So it's almost like he has a mask soundtrack I, on his site, which is really nice. cool. Um, so he... The only thing that's in there are kind of there's some sound effects and stuff, but there's no like dialogue, so you can pretty much hear the entire song, which we've said from time to time that the music has really made this cartoon yes uh, more than you know it it's really what kind of pulled uh, each episode along and and uh, extended it through 75 episodes. So I'm going to invite everybody to uh, to go check out cartoonopolis.com. And, uh, and to check out our the uh, blog post I'll be posting up pretty soon. Um, the second person we're going to have comment, is, of course, is our buddy Anna. She's here pretty much every week, and we appreciate her and her comments. She says, the best of these ten episodes is Assault on Liberty. I also voted for Magma Mole, The Scepter of Regime, Golden Goddess, and Mystery of the Rings. The other five are okay, too, but I chose these as my favorites. I think this is quite a decent collection of mask episodes, but after my opinion, the best is yet to come. Mm. So uh, that's a nice, uh, be a nice lead into next year. Hopefully, we'll get some uh, some good episodes, and we'll talk about uh, you know comparing these to uh, the first ten here in a minute. But uh, I, she liked, uh, she was kind of up and down with what our uh, our ratings were as she rated. Magma Mole and uh, Golden God is high, but she also include, included Mystery of the Rings in there, which was not uh, one of our favorites. But we appreciate that, and we go on to uh, some other comments we got on Facebook. Right, starting off with Jordy Den Hartog. I've always loved Magma Mole. It's the only episode, to my knowledge, to have Thunderhawk on the computer's screen. That's a good... Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. I like that. Didn't... Uh, I don't know if I've ever uh, noticed that in that episode, but that's uh, that's cool. I'll have to go back and take a look at that. And then uh, we got another comment from Patrick Furlong, who goes by the Dizzy Devil. He says, uh, Cold Fever is the best one out of this lot, not including the silliness with Scott and T-Bob. It's a very serious episode, which deals with death, unusual for a child series. Bruce is in constant danger until Mask can find the serum. And there's a scene which explicitly states that if mask agents get wet in freezing Alaskan water, they will die in minutes. I do remember Alex saying that. Yes. Um, so that was uh, that was Patrick's take. Thank you for that comment. We got one more. Alex Cook says, The Magma Mole, I grew up with that episode, and I just love the tunnel chase halfway through. Brad also gets the best quote. It figures, I finally get to see Japan. It's from underneath. <laughs> and the ending with Matt nearly dying while 
nearly inches from Mount Fuji makes it the best for me. And then Alex goes on to say, Cold Fever does come in a close second, minus the Scott and T-Bob antics. So thanks for that comment, Alex. And now we're going to jump in. We're going to go back into kind of our opinion of these uh, these episodes. And we did this in the first uh, review back in Mascast 13 when we reviewed the first 10 episodes. Um, it Was there a defining or maybe favorite moment out of the episodes, out of these uh, episodes that you pulled out, Wyatt? Well, as much as I loved my uh, Golden Goddess episode, I think the best and most defining moment was how Dusty became very much involved in the last episode, Cold Fever, where where it was he really got a better defining role. Uh, I wouldn't say he was the leader per se, but he was he was on it. He was coming up with ideas. To me, he had a better character than than previously written, and uh, to me, that really stuck out. Out of all these episodes, I think that's probably the, one of the most favorite and defining moments of this season. What about you? I'm gonna be a broken record. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I just couldn't get anything really above that kind of feeling I had at the end of Assault for Liberty when Venom is defeated and their vehicles are in shambles and I really felt like that that kind of bookended the uh, the Rotex episode when Mask was almost left without any vehicles and having to make do with what they had um, try to piece at least one back together which was Thunderhawk and you remember I think we both picked that moment when Thunderhawk has the crash. Right. In that episode where there's like doors flying off and it's doing these barrel rolls down the highway. And I just had that same kind of feeling with uh, the, Venom, <laughs> the Venom vehicles. You know, they almost had, it was almost like they had to start over um, at that point. And I really would have, like I'd, did in the uh, the Rotex too. It would have been fun to have a little beginning of the next episode where it was them working on a vehicle. And I think I think the PSA at the end of uh, the Rotex actually had them working on Thunderhawk or something. But yeah, they had a new Thunderhawk, uh, I believe. I don't know. I just like that kind of mortality, I guess you would say, of in making it basically realistic. So that was my favorite moment of these these episodes now is there something kind of in retrospect that you would have liked to seen more of i guess or maybe that's there was something in the first 10 that they didn't really utilize in the in the second 10 well on the latter thought you know they they really didn't use boulder hill all that much from an exterior point of view exterior not even a really even on the interior you don't True. see a lot True. of the mask situation room you don't see them going up to the mask uh, the mask room it was just like it was left out for these next uh almost full 10 episodes i was a little disappointed in seeing that i wish i would have seen some consistency uh granted it could have been i guess shortened up but 
and they obviously put more into the episode and less on, hey, let's do the same scenario to get us basically from point A to point B. Yeah. But I, I, I liked seeing that. That was kind of like the chilling thing, you know, just like you'd see on uh, Voltron, per se. It was always cool to see them launch the lions to yep. to, to do that. So I would have loved to see that. So what about you? I've, I've- I will definitely agree. That was that was what I had here in my notes. And granted, you know, the more I thought about it was, well, eight of these ten episodes, they were overseas. So it was kind of hard to to utilize it. Now, they did in the in the Cold Fever episode, they had Matt on the, on the mass computer at Boulder Hill, kind of, they were going back and forth and doing their strategy, which was good. I mean, that was a, that's a good way to use it while you're overseas but at the same point and I think even it was uh, Anna that mentioned you know there might be three or four episodes where we get a battle actually with Boulder Hill converting you know Venom is attacking uh, Boulder Hill so yeah you know that again that's a it's a personal preference just because Boulder Hill was one of the probably the most sought after toys in that first series as well. I think so. It was like the Rhino might have been the Holy Grail and this was the <laughs> I don't know what, but it was <laughs> it was, you know, still would have liked to seen it incorporated a little bit more. And I think we saw it what once they had one attack yes. in the Yeah, just one attack. Event. So I'll definitely agree with that. Well, I think it's fair to say that we like the first ten better than we like the second ten. That's a very fair and assessment. <laughs> <laughs> just looking at our ratings, um, you uh, Wyatt for the first ten episodes, he gave four fives and six fours. Nothing below a four in the first ten. And from eleven to twenty, you just had just one five, seven fours, and two threes. So. The uh, the rating shifted backwards a little bit between uh, those two, and then for me, I was pretty consistent with the fives. I, I had two fives in both the first ten and second ten, and then in the first ten I had five fours, only two fours in the second ten episodes, and then I had two threes and one two in the first ten, four threes. And one two in the second ten, so I was a little more critical in adjusted those uh, those fours to threes. Right. <laughs> uh, the same as kind of what you did in this one. There really wasn't uh, too many that we really, you know, would include in the. I guess if we were going to put a best of mask episodes <laughs> right together, we might have had one or two uh, from this compared to the last ten. Anything you want to? want to say to that you know uh, it's obvious that we have uh, better love for the first first 10 than the last 10 so uh but you know there's a lot more that the future holds and for exactly and speaking of we're gonna begin looking at uh our next mass cast which will actually begin the new year mm-hmm. uh mass cast 28 we're gonna actually take a break from the episodes and begin talking about the mini comics Right, 
it's I, it's going to be a nice little break. And you know, we've had breaks. Uh, we actually had uh, a few breaks between uh, episodes 11 through 20 that we don't want to forget about as well. Masscast 16, we invited uh, Paul Panfalone from SwivelArms.com to uh, to talk a little mask with us, and he was the one that created those really cool and really well done uh, posters of the Spectrum and Viper masks. And uh, we had a nice little chat with him. Uh, Masscast 19, we invited Eric from BoulderHill.net, which is another great mask resource and, and site, fan site. Got some great stuff posted on there, merchandise, and he's actually the one we are hoping to uh, bring on with us to talk about the comics because uh, he's got them, the mini comics posted up there. He's got some, uh, I think, some of the other comics scanned as well that we hope to uh, we hope to talk about in the upcoming year. And then, of course, we don't want to forget our buddy uh, Bill Ferries over at MattTracker.com. He came on and we. Actually, split Masscast 22 into a three-part uh, podcast on collecting, and we pretty much covered the whole mask world. I think so. <laughs> uh, in that uh, in that three-part uh, podcast, everything from the the toys, we gave you some tips on how to maybe find some rare stuff or what to look for, like on eBay and. Uh, we dipped into our own personal collections and told you what uh what we have, what we're saving for, I guess, our kids someday to cherish as well. So we uh, we had a good time with that. But uh, we are definitely looking forward to the new year and to uh, to diving in these. Uh, hopefully, our our first episode away from the uh, mask episodes will be on the mini comics, which include the. Uh, they were they were included in the toys um, in the first series toys. The three comics are called uh, Flaming Beginnings. Obviously, there's a there's a uh, actually a neat little origin story there that we don't get in the cartoon in that first comic. Uh, the second one is called A Monster from Venom, which is more towards the uh, I guess you would say comic world where they have this. Uh, sea serpent or snake that come after mask and then the final one we get a nice little battle uh at boulder hill that was called assault on boulder hill so we'll look at those uh those three comics and i'm hoping that uh whether we get uh eric on or not that we'll get into the dc comics as well there was a four comic series released in 85 and 86 and then a nine-part series in 86 to 87, uh, which I hope to dive into. And then let's uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, episodes 21 through 30. Um, we're not going to be all overseas this time. We're, it's going to be about half and half, I believe. We're going to get to go to New Orleans and Las Vegas, California. And then we're also going to be visiting overseas at uh, Egypt and the Andes Mountains which I believe is in South America and China. So, and I think we might actually get a new vehicle in, uh, in towards the, uh, the later part. I've actually, uh, been earmarking that one. I can't wait for that one. <laughs> I think it's episode 28 where, uh, where Hondo gets an upgrade 
Well, I don't know if it, I don't know if I would call it an upgrade, but uh, he gets one of my favorite. Uh, a better vehicle. Weights. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we will definitely be looking forward to that. We appreciate everybody listening uh, throughout 2012, and we hope uh, uh, tomorrow is the uh, the 21st, supposedly the end of the world. So hopefully that won't happen. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and we'll. Uh, We'll get to continue with uh, with MassCast in 2013. Well, we've had a great time with these, uh, actually the full 20 uh, cartoon episodes, not in, notwithstanding the, the great awesome times we've had with uh, our interview MassCast with Paul, with Bill, and with Eric. Um, like Jason said, we, we had a blast with them. We hope to, to talk with them again later on in other mass casts but for now we want to wish you all a very merry christmas and a happy new year and we hope to see you next time on mascot